0: Hey there, you are listening to the Motherhood Elevated Podcast. I'm your host, Annette Jones, and this is episode number 34, When You're Feeling Overwhelmed. You are listening to the Motherhood Elevated Podcast for women who want to find clarity of mind, create lasting emotional well-being and confidence, and achieve amazing potential. Come with me. This will be fun. Hello everyone, happy Friday and happy October! Can you believe we're halfway through the month? We had the opportunity to be up in Utah a couple weekends ago and we went up to a little family cabin that's been in my husband's family for generations and we were getting it ready to close up for the winter and it was absolutely gorgeous up there. I haven't seen fall colors for several years and wow! It was a real treat to be up there and see all the, the beautiful leaves changing. It made me really miss the seasons. Um, meanwhile, I checked our weather and our temperature is going to be up around 90 degrees today. So we have a different kind of fall here in California. Not that I'm complaining, <laughs> but the funny thing is I've spent most of my life in warm climates. I didn't really grow up with real seasons, um, but my few years in college up in Utah was enough to just really make me fall in love with those gorgeous fall colors. So. Speaking of being in college in Utah, I was talking with my daughter earlier this week. She is in her final year of nursing school, which is really busy for her. Um, she's got a lot going on, and I kind of offhandedly asked her, hey, do you have any ideas for podcast topics for me? What's something you've been interested in hearing about? And um She immediately replied, how to handle feeling overwhelmed? (laughs) And I know she has a lot going on. Um, She's had a lot going on the past couple weeks. She's mentioned she'd been feeling behind. and, And this is a girl who's generally super motivated and on top of things. And it takes a lot to get her down. But sometimes life just catches up with even the best of us, right? And she's been really feeling pushed to her limits and having a little bit of a hard time feeling super motivated. So I thought this was a great topic for this week. I know a lot of us can probably relate to feeling overwhelmed and we're heading straight into this holiday season, right? That time of year um, where we can start to feel a lot of stress and overwhelm. And I have to laugh because as I speak, my house looks like Halloween exploded. We got all of the decorations down last weekend and only have about half of them up. The rest are just kind of strewn all over. So feels like a bit of a disaster around here. Hopefully we'll get a handle on it this weekend. But if we're not careful, if we're not incorporating good mental hygiene, um, and if we're not taking care of ourselves emotionally and physically, we can really slip into those feelings of anxiety and stress and overwhelm a lot more easily. So today we're going to talk about how we can minimize the overwhelm and feel more peace and more productivity and more empowered, even when things feel a little crazy around us. Okay, so the first thing we're going to talk about is the idea that overwhelm isn't something that just happens to us. But that's kind of how we talk about it, isn't it? I'm just so overwhelmed. But what is overwhelmed? It's a feeling, right? And I know I'm gonna sound like a broken record, but where do our feelings come from? They come from what we're thinking. So when you're experiencing the feeling of overwhelm, it is because of how you're thinking about your circumstance. So you might have thoughts like, I have so much to do. This is so hard. I don't have time. I don't know how. This is never going to get done. My to-do list just never ends. But something I think that is interesting is that in the model, um, that's the coaching tool that I use. If you want to learn more about it, you can go back to the beginning and listen to episode number two. But in the model, what comes first? The circumstance, right? And then we have a thought about that circumstance. And the thought is the meaning we give to it. And then that thought triggers an emotion. So in the model, the thought comes first, but in our everyday lives, we don't really walk around noticing what we're thinking about, right? We don't really stop and think, wow, that was an interesting thought I just had. I wonder if that's true or wow, that might be a problem. Should I find out if that thought is serving me? Our brains are wired to just kind of go, 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 and we don't really stop to think about what we're thinking about. So this is where emotions come in. Emotions really determine um, how we experience our lives, right? They fuel our actions. They help us connect with each other. Um, among many other purposes, right? And they serve as kind of an alert system for us. Emotions cause physical sensations. Think about how happy feels in your body. Think about how sad feels in your body. For every emotion, we can come up with physical feelings that we have when we're experiencing them. And so emotions can be a signal to us to kind of stop and take a look at what we're thinking. Because if we don't like how we are feeling in our bodies, we might want to look at what's going on in our brains. And how cool that we have emotions that can tune us into what's happening in our minds. Otherwise, we'd have no reason to take a look in there, right? We just keep the same beliefs and thoughts and habits and never really take the time to determine if they're actually thoughts and beliefs and habits that we want to keep or that serve us. So one of the best things that coaching has taught me is that I don't have to be a victim to emotions like overwhelm or anxiety or confusion. I can feel them, but I don't have to be controlled by them. They can inform me, but I don't necessarily have to believe or obey them, right? Um, I get to be the boss of my brain. I like to think of emotions kind of like the warning lights on my car. Most cars nowadays have sensors, right? And they give you some little light or sound when you need to check something, like maybe a low fuel signal, right? Mine mine beeps at me when I have low fuel. Um, There's a change the oil light or a low tire pressure warning. And these are little red flags that tell us, hey, something isn't quite right. Your car needs a little TLC. And that's what our emotions can do. They can signal to us, hey, your thinking might be a little off. You might be buying into something that isn't serving you. You might want to take a look at this and give your brain some attention. So last week I talked about how um, I like to refer to the more negative emotions as survival emotions because that's what they're there for, right? They're trying to help us survive. And the more positive emotions I like to call elevated emotions because they fuel elevated actions and ways of being in the world. They go beyond survival and are all about contribution and connection. And I really don't like to refer to any emotion as good or bad. I really believe that we're on this earth to gain knowledge and experience, and all emotions help us do that. We need opposition in order to intentionally decide what we value and what we want to pursue in life and who we want to be. And so some of the more negative emotions like grief, for example, loneliness guilt, Um, These emotions, even though we don't love how they feel, can actually be productive and help us move forward and seek healing or clarity. These emotions, um, these are emotions that we can process and move through and feeling them is going to lead us to progress and growth when we can identify and learn from them and and heal with them. But there are other types of, of, quote, negative emotions that we probably want to be a little more skeptical of. And these are what are referred to in coaching as indulgent emotions. If you look up synonyms for the word indulgent, you will find words like permissive, lenient, easygoing, coddling, tolerant, which all sound kind of, I don't know, not necessarily bad, but and and kind of good in a way. I don't know. When I hear the word, word indulge, the first thing that comes to my mind is a dessert that my daughter makes. It's a certain dessert that's called brownie pudding. It's probably my favorite dessert ever. <laughs> it's super rich and super chocolatey. It's very easy for me to sit and eat and enjoy this dessert. Much easier than eating say a plate full of steamed vegetables even though I do like vegetables. But honestly, if you put them both in front of me, i definitely choose the brownie pudding. So even though it's not really a good source of fuel for my body, it's not really going to hurt me if I indulge in it once in a while. Now, if I ate it every day for every meal, I would definitely start to have problems, right? So even though choosing the dessert is easier and more fun and um, just feels like Better, it's not going to necessarily be the best option in terms of my health and general well being, right? Well, the same goes for these indulgent emotions. And these are emotions like overwhelm, worry, confusion, indecision. And even though we might not love the way these emotions feel, they're actually easier to us than taking action. It's easier to indulge in self-pity or complaining or confusion than actually go in and figure it out sometimes, right? And that's why they can be so tempting sometimes. Sitting in these emotions can actually feel more comfortable for us because if we're feeling confused or if we're feeling overwhelmed, then well, I guess we can't do anything, right? They're kind of a form of procrastination, which isn't really helpful and generally leads to feeling more confusion or indecision or worry or overwhelm, right? So overwhelm happens when we feel like we don't have control in a situation, like we've lost our power. The energy of overwhelm is I am at the fe- the effect of the things in my life, my schedule, my to-do list, my classes, my job, my kids, my church calling, my messy house, right? And so if feeling out of control of our lives is the cause of overwhelm, the antidote to that is to figure out how to feel in control of our lives and our outcomes, And when we can change our energy to, I'm in control here, I get to decide how I feel and how to take action in the circumstance, we feel much more motivated and empowered. And I don't think that we are often fully aware of what these indulgent emotions are costing us. They can become habitual and distracting. They can make us feel trapped, like we don't really have a choice. But when you're able to clean up your thinking around yourself and your to-do list and your house and the people in your life you'll be able to ditch that overwhelm and other indulgent emotions and be so much more peaceful and productive. I know this because I used to be the queen of overwhelm and worry and confusion, and getting leverage over those emotions has made such a difference in how I see myself and all those other things, my house, my calendar, my family, my church responsibilities, everything. So let's dive in and talk about the how. So first of all, we need to be able to recognize these indulgent emotions for what they are and since this podcast was inspired by the feeling of overwhelm we're going to use that one as an example so how do you know when you are overwhelmed we don't say i'm thinking overwhelmed or i'm acting overwhelmed right we say i'm feeling overwhelmed we are generally going to notice overwhelm first because of how we feel so how does overwhelm feel to you to me it feels very constrictive i feel a tightness or pressure or heavy feeling in my chest i'm tired I feel foggy headed. These are just kind of the physical sensations and I don't really love them. Feeling this way makes me just wanna go lay down, distract myself with some Instagram or Netflix or go eat some sugar. Um, Not that I always give in to those things, but sometimes that happens and I end up regretting it later. Um, Or sometimes I don't give in and I just try to push through and get things done, but my efforts when I'm feeling overwhelmed aren't really as effective or productive as I would like them to be. So you think about how you experience overwhelm, how you recognize it in your body, And then you know when you start feeling that way, that's a signal to you, right? Like we talked about, the car, the signals in your car. It's a signal to you that you might wanna take a look at the story you're telling yourself about your circumstances. We can actually move through these indulgent emotions much more quickly when we can identify the thoughts that are causing them and then recognize that they really are just thoughts. They're not truth, right? And when you're willing to be wrong about your thoughts, that's when you can get leverage over these emotions. So I'll give you an example. I was coaching a woman once who said she was feeling very overwhelmed by her church calling. And she had all kinds of thoughts like, I don't have time for this. I'm too busy. I don't even like this calling. I have to do this. And so when it was time for her to plan or go to an activity, she just wasn't having the best experience. And this was really interesting because she was really invested in this story, that she didn't have enough time, that this calling was just such an inconvenience in her life. And the time and the effort she felt like she had to put in this calling felt very overwhelming to her. And as we talked, I kind of asked her about other callings she'd had where she hadn't felt overwhelmed. And she mentioned one in particular that I knew was probably even more time consuming than the one she had now. And so I asked her, well, why wasn't that calling overwhelming? And she said that she loved this calling. It was so fun and so fulfilling. And the time she spent on it felt meaningful. She was super energized by it. And so we kind of explored that a bit more. And eventually, she recognized a sneaky little underlying belief that she had that she wasn't even really like consciously aware of. And logically, she knew it wasn't true. But it totally affected how she had showed up in her past calling and how she was feeling about showing up in her current calling. And the thought was this: some callings are more important than others. And she believed that her previous calling was very important; that it meant something about her personally. That she had been given this responsibility, and that she was capable and spiritual. And that it meant, and that she was meant to be at, in this calling at this time. And she believed that the calling she currently had wasn't as important. It was just a calling anybody can do. It didn't require a lot of skill or spirituality. And that they just kind of stuck her in there because they needed somebody to do it and they knew she wouldn't say no. And so no wonder she was feeling overwhelmed when she felt like she had to put time and effort into something that she felt like didn't even matter, that really wasn't that important to her. And she realized that someone else could have this exact same calling and love it and believe it was very important and have so much fun planning and going to these activities. So by digging into this emotion and the thoughts and beliefs behind it, This client of mine was able to um, uncover this this deep belief that she wanted to change. And she was able to get so much leverage over her overwhelm by deciding she didn't want to feel this way, that it was possible for her to see this calling in a different light and that she did have to do some work, right, of finding believable thoughts and practicing them and redirecting her brain when it wanted to slip back into her old belief patterns. But being able to see her situation from a new perspective was huge for her. And this is why what I do is called causal coaching. We could have delved into something like, okay, you're stressed about time. We just need to teach you some time management skills. But no amount of time management was going to help her feel good about spending time on something she didn't feel was worthwhile. It would have been like giving someone painkillers for a broken arm, right? It may decrease the pain for a little while, but if we don't actually treat the real problem, it's going to keep resurfacing in different ways. This woman actually did have the time, right? She just didn't want to spend it on something that wasn't important. So that's why it can be really helpful to tune into our feelings and get to the root of what's really behind them. And one way that's really helpful for myself and for my clients when dealing with overwhelm is to talk about this concept called math versus drama. And I think this is what the model really helps, us, helps to show us. It does this really well, is that there are circumstances, which is like the math, right? Very factual, very logical. It's the simple details about the situation. Like, it's raining outside. Um, my husband said the words, this house is a mess. Or it could be um, specific things you have written on your calendar, your to-do list. Um, the things we put in the circumstance line are just that. They're things. Then comes the thought line the drama the meaning we give to what is in the circumstance so if it's raining outside you could think oh this is so fun i love the rain or you might think really i literally just washed the car yesterday and those two thoughts will cause you to feel very different emotions if your husband says this house is a mess you might think he's saying this is my fault and i don't do enough and that i must be lazy if the house looks like this and that i should have i should have spent more time cleaning it or you could think yeah it is it's been a crazy day I'm gonna get everyone to help me do a quick tidy for 20 minutes tonight. Again, totally different feelings that those thoughts will create, right? I had a coaching session one time with a cute teenager who had just started high school and she was feeling really overwhelmed with everything she had to do between sports and homework church activities, she just started seminary, and then she had her responsibilities at home on top of it all, and she was really feeling stretched to her limit. And so we took a look at all the things she had to do in the day, and we made a list, and just looking at her list made her feel so stressed out and overwhelmed. And I asked her if there was anything she wanted to take off that list or cut out, because really there were some optional things that she didn't have to do. In fact, all things are optional, really, right? We just have to decide if we want the results of cutting those things out. Like, she could not do her homework, but there would be certain consequences for that. And so we established that this was not a list of things that she had to do. She really was choosing to keep all of these things on her list. And going from I have to to I want to was a huge shift, right? When you genuinely decide you want to do something, it changes your energy around it. So that's one way um, to kind of take some drama out of it, right? To stop telling yourself you have to do things. You don't have to, but maybe you want to because you'd rather do that than have the consequences of not doing it. Okay, so here is the first model that we came up with together as I coached this girl on her to-do list. And her her, um, circumstance we put in was my to-do list and everything on that list. Um, And her thought was, I don't have enough time to do everything. And the feeling that thought generated for her was overwhelm. And so I said, when you are overwhelmed, what do you do? And she came up with all kinds of great, great things she does when she's um, overwhelmed. She procrastinates. She watches Netflix. She goes on social media and scrolls for a while. She worries, spend, spends a lot of time worrying about everything she has to do and ruminating about it. She gets distracted easily. Um, she goes to the kitchen and finds snacks, basically stress eating, right? She said she has breakdowns. And cries and gets so overwhelmed Um, she overthinks things she kind of was overthinking everything and just making everything mean like she had so much to do Um, and her result was that she realized she was wasting a lot of time and still not getting everything done that she needed to so as we kind of walked through her day um, we noticed that there were actually pockets of time that she had where she could get more done But right now, those times were being used up by the distractions or time-wasting activities or worry, right? Um, And she thought, well, okay, those things are optional. And she saw that she could streamline her routine, routine a little and spend 30 minutes getting ready in the morning instead of an hour, and then have an extra 30 minutes to get all of her chores for the day done. She saw that instead of talking to her friends during her tutorial, she could use that time to get help from a teacher or work on homework. And so as she really looked at her day and how she was spending her time and how overwhelm was actually contributing to her wasting time, she realized that she had so much more time in her schedule than she thought. And we talked about other things like scheduling downtime in for herself so she would actually enjoy relaxing and following through and keeping her word to herself, doing the things she said she would do when she decided to do them. And it was amazing for her to see that she really did have time for all these things, when she thought about herself and her time and her to-do list differently. So here is the intentional model that she came up with. This is how she wanted to choose to think about her to-do list. Um, so a circumstance line, her to-do list, again, nothing on it changed, um, but her thought changed. And she thought, I really do have plenty of time when I make a schedule and stick to it. And that thought, the feeling she felt when she thought that was complete calm. And for this girl, calm looked like making a schedule, looking at her schedule, um, focusing on one thing at a time, keeping her word to herself, following through. And when she did these things, she realized that she had time for everything she wanted to do. So I love that. I think it's a great example of separating the math from the drama. Her to-do list and her thoughts about her to-do list, changing her perspective, made things go so much more smoothly for her. Okay, so I'm going to switch gears really quickly and touch on um, the emotions of confusion and indecision here for a minute, since I think confusion and indecision can a lot of times go hand in hand with overwhelm, right? It can be overwhelming when we feel like we don't know what to do or that there is only one right decision and we have to make sure we get it right or everything will be ruined. And when we think about um, them this way, our decisions can feel very heavy and hard and scary. So I remember when one of my kids had what felt like to her a really big, important decision to make. And it was just weighing her down because she could really see good things about either option. And we would talk and talk about this decision and go back and forth about the pros and the cons. And it was one that really no one else could make for her. She really had to decide for herself what she wanted to do. And she made it a matter of lots of thought and prayer and eventually realized that either thing she decided was fine. She had the impression that Heavenly Father would be pleased with her either way and that this truly was her choice to make. And that it wasn't really about making the right decision as it was about making whatever she chose the right decision for her. And I believe that this is the case for most of the decisions we make in our lives. God doesn't want to command us in all things. I think he will let us know if he has an opinion or if we're headed in the wrong direction. But the majority of the time, he wants us to decide for ourselves. And most of the time, either decision will have its wonderful things and its challenging things. It really is about making whatever we decide the right decision for us. But again, it can be easy to indulge in confusion and just keep saying, I don't know when we're afraid to make a commitment, right? But in the end, you have control over how you feel either way, right? That's the beauty of it. Whatever decision you make, you don't have to be at the effect of your circumstance, right? You get to decide how you are going to feel about it. Okay, so let's talk about all of this information and simplify it into some simple steps you can take when you start to feel overwhelmed. Um, the first thing you can do when you feel yourself kind of being overtaken by any emotion is to do something to ground yourself and focus on getting really present. There are many techniques for this, but one that I like um, because it's fairly simple and can help you really practice mindfulness. So you just take a minute to um, stop and focus on each of your individual senses one at a time. Sight, sound, sound touch, smell, and taste. And there's a technique called the 5-4-3-2-1 grounding method. And this one is great because you can use it anywhere. You don't need any special tools. And it's really simple to remember and just kind of guide yourself through. So first, you name five things that you can see right now from where you are. Then you listen and name four things that you can hear. Next, find three things that you can touch. Anything from you know a little button on your jacket to... Um, the feeling of your feet in your shoes, or even just rubbing your fingertips together. Um, Then you're gonna notice two smells. And if you can't really smell anything from where you are, just imagine two smells that you love, maybe fresh cut grass or your favorite scented candle. And finally, the last one is you're going to name something you can taste. It doesn't have to be something you are actually tasting in the moment. It could be something that you love the taste of. Chocolate, a cold glass of lemonade, whatever you can make really vivid in in your mind. And this technique is great because it really only takes a minute, but it can be very effective in helping you interrupt the feelings of overwhelm because concentrating on your senses and counting and naming things kind of disrupts that stream of thought that's triggering it in the first place. And it can help you get some leverage over it. Okay, once you've calmed yourself with, with a mindfulness technique, um, you can identify two things. The first thing is what is causing you to feel overwhelmed, which will be your thought about the situation, right? Your circumstance is one thing, but that isn't causing your overwhelm. It's your interpretation or your thought about it, right? It's the drama you're bringing to it. And how do we know this? Because two people could be in the exact same circumstance and one could feel excitement or peace and the other one can feel stress or overwhelm. I've been in this position. I have a friend who is the queen of event planning. If someone asked her to plan and execute a wedding reception with decorations and food and everything, she would love it. She would be so excited. Um, She's amazing at it. I've seen her in action, but put me in charge of something like that and I would definitely, the first thing I would feel would be overwhelmed. Um, And we both have the same access to Pinterest and ideas and the internet and anything else we'd need to make it happen, right? But she would feel one way about it and I would most likely feel the opposite. So your feeling about your circumstance really is coming from how you're thinking about it, what you're making it mean. So once you know um, what is triggering it, figure out what you want to do. What's in within your control in that situation? Many times there might be something you can change, whether it's to organize your day differently or ask for help or simply say no to things that you don't want to commit to, right? Sometimes you can change the circumstance to decrease your overwhelm. But when you can't change the circumstance, you get to change yourself. You get to decide how you want to think and feel in that situation. And part of that is being able to accept the way things are and that some things are outside of your control. For example, if you have kids at home, um, accepting that your house is probably not going to stay clean all of the time, right? Acknowledging this and maybe changing your expectation of how your house should look can really be helpful in reducing your overwhelm. Okay, the last thing you can do when you're feeling overwhelmed is just figure out the next tiny step and take it. So many times we feel overwhelmed when we're looking at the big picture, at the whole task ahead of us, right? But breaking it down into small, manageable tasks can shift you from feeling that paralyzing, overwhelmed feeling to more calm or confidence. Taking those little steps one at a time can help to get your momentum going and get you back on track. And these steps can be ridiculously small. So if you, let's say you have a huge sink full of dishes to do, you can just tell yourself, I'm just going to wash one dish. That's all I have to do. Or for those of you in school, if you have a paper you have to write or a project you have to do, just starting, just taking one little action. I'm just going to write one little sentence. One little paragraph is going to motivate you to take the next tiny step. And that will lead you to the next step and so on and so forth right any little action is better than nothing so just do something to get yourself moving one more thing i will say when it comes to overwhelm is i think it's important to give yourself grace we place such high expectations on ourselves and that's really easy to do in the world we live in today that where we have pinterest and social media and photoshopped images and curated feeds we hear this all the time And I remember several months ago when we were in the middle of a big house project, the room that I did my Zoom calls in was under major construction. Um, And one of the walls, the one that I used as kind of my backdrop was the only part of the room that stayed intact. And so I set up a little file cabinet in place of a desk and I got my chair and sat it in front of the cabinet and that became my little makeshift office for a few weeks. And one day I walked into the room and I just had to laugh because from one view, Um, what my friends on my Zoom calls saw, right? It looked like I was in this beautiful, organized, cute, clean room. And from another view, my view from the doorway, was everything going on behind the scenes. And it was just the perfect example of how the little glimpses we get into other people's lives don't really give us an accurate perspective of all the things that might really be going on for them. We don't generally see the weight that others might be carrying, worrying over a struggling child, Um, The pain of a difficult marriage, the discouragement of a chronic illness, a silent battle with anxiety or depression. We don't see these things, especially when everything else seems to be, you know, well from the outside looking in. And this is something that we hear all the time, right? We know this logically, but for some reason, it's all too easy to get caught up in comparing our worst to a little snippet of someone else's best. And I think so much of the overwhelm we experience comes from our tendency to do this. So just remember that we all have some of the messy and the beautiful and lots of everything in between. We all really are just doing our best with the circumstances we've been given. So I'm going to leave you with that thought today. If you'd like to learn more or take a deep dive into these tools with me, go to my calendar. You can find um, a link in my Instagram bio at Annette Jones Coaching. I'd love to talk with you. And kind of exciting news, I've got a website that's been under construction for a while now and I'm really excited about it. Hopefully um, it will be live by the time I talk to you next week and you'll be able to find more resources and opportunities to work with me there. So I will keep you posted on that. Have a great week, everybody, and I will see you back here next time. Bye, everyone.